Hello everyone and welcome to the next Big Thing podcast where we explore the latest developments in technology and entrepreneurship. I'm Godfrey Ackman, your host for this exciting journey into the world of innovation. Stay tuned for the insights and analysis from the brightest minds in the industry. Hello, guys, and welcome to our podcast today. You know, as you all know, this is the Next Big Thing podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Peace. She is currently a student at the Nigerian Law School. So Peace is here to highlight the need of technology in law. Hi, Peace. Say hi to everyone. Hi, ghost friend. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Peace. So today I have uh, yeah I have a list of uh, some questions that okay uh first of all this episode will be like a two part episode first of all we'll get the idea from R which she's kind of learning the process you know and the second part will be from an actual lawyer that will give us more broad feedback more broad information on the topic. So, please, I will begin in asking you some couple of questions. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, my name is Peace Wilson. Um, I'm a student at the Nigerian Law School, Harcourt Campus, precise. I think technology is something that every modern, every person in this modern world should have an interest in, regardless of your field. Yeah. And so I'm happy to be here to talk about how it can improve our profession and my opinion on how it can shape the future of our profession. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much, Peace, and we're happy to have you here as well. Okay, so let's jump right into it. So first of all, how has uh, technology transformed the legal industry? And what are some examples of its impacts? I think technology has transformed the living industry, first of all, by improving the quality of service delivery. And I think it has improved and increased productivity. So I'm going to give examples. So during the COVID-19 lockdown, I'm sure we noticed that some jurisdictions were quick to adapt to virtual hearings. So in that situation, although the world was at a standstill, there were people going home with justice. There were people that had their cases attended to. And in our profession, for that period of time, there was no clogging of cases and situations like that. And I think that also improved lawyer-client relationship. So your clients, can communicate with you through various means like virtual calls, virtual meetings. The client doesn't have to travel down to your office. So break few, you can have a virtual meeting. Yeah. Also, it, I think that improves the quality of legal research. Legal research is a very fundamental part of our profession. I think that's improved to a very large extent the quality and the time 
time spent on research. Also, I think another major improvement is file sharing tools. In this day and era, you can share tools and be sure that those files or documents you're sharing are secure. So to some extent, you're ensuring confidentiality. Yeah, yeah. And also protecting your your client's interest and yours also. Wow. So I think those are concrete examples of how technology has improved our legal practice. Yes, actually, and for the one for COVID, that's that's like a very good example because generally, it really helped during that period. Technology really helped. You know, like like you said, now lawyers. They were still cases, and you know, people were still getting justice, even though they caught the, you know, they just wasn't open. You know, people were still getting sure that, well, what they deserve or what they don't deserve is, you know, yeah, derived as well. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, so the next question is, uh, can technology improve access to justice? And if so, yes, I was. Yeah. Okay. So, how can it, you know, improve access to justice? And first of all, what is justice? And sorry, one other thing. I know you made mention of one thing. You know what it says. So, can you briefly explain what jurisdiction is? Okay, jurisdiction. It's a, I'm going to use it in a contextual sense, so it makes more sense. So okay. we can use it to describe the territorial, the ability for the, the ability or the power of the court to hear a matter. Now that can depend on the territory. Okay. So for example, a matter or a contract matter that took place in Nigeria, everything happened in Nigeria and the parties to the contract are all Nigerian nationals. You cannot institute a matter arising from that contract in the court in Ghana. So that's an example of territorial jurisdiction. The court in Ghana will lack jurisdiction to hear that matter. Okay. So that's a clear example of jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is just the ability of the court or the powers of the court to entertain a matter. And there are so many things that can give rise or take away jurisdiction for a court. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. So I'm going to hey, you're welcome. I'm going to dive into the next question. Can I proceed? Yes, sure, please you can. So I think okay. Alright. So I think it's it's faster dispensation of dusting because when it's saving you time on research, time on research, time on, you know, not just research, but analysis. Yeah. I think in that, in that situation, if you were to spend maybe a week on research and you can spend two days, an hour on something you could have spent 10 hours faster. So you're having, and imagine when you, the quality of your research is also better, you're having a watertight case or not. So it's easy for you to predict the end of the case. So if you're going to choose for an out settlement, it's going to help you faster. You know, okay, I've looked at this, I've done my research. I think this is the best approach. 
force to take. So I think legal research and technology or improved technology, they work hand in hand, delivering or aiding a litigant or party against past and that's 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 really that's really cool okay so thank you so much for taking the time to to break that particular one out and also because when i heard jurisdiction i was like oh my god so i had to you know make you break it down for my audience so thank you once again so the next question right now is uh you know in ethics uh there is a there are some kind of considerations that you know what ethical considerations should lawyers and legal professionals keep in mind when using technology in their work like from your own view okay i think one of the i think the whole map of our profession is in the ethics of our profession so i think well, I'm going to shorten it to three very important things I think we should look out for when using technology. Okay. Confidentiality, competence, and privacy, data privacy. So these are very important things because confidentiality is very sacral. Something our person takes very serious. Client, a client lawyer communication is privileged. It's something you're supposed to keep safe for certain exceptions. Yeah. Also, confidence. I think you're not just supposed to find the fastest way out. You're supposed to also find the best way to give your client the best service possible. Okay. Then, on data basing, in making use of technology, you're supposed to keep in mind that your data is supposed to be protected, not just yours, but every other person you're working yeah. with. Yes. You have to do your own to make sure that your data doesn't get into the wrong hands so that you're not going to be you're not going to find yourself in a messy situation yeah. i think those are things a lawyer should look out for while employing the use of modern technology okay that's cool and also to add to that with the little knowledge that i have i think a lawyer should watch out on you know the like softwares now when the software is being released and maybe in the nearest months something has been discovered you know like a breach or something so a lawyer should keep in mind that he or she should update the software when there are new updates because you know like some cases might happen that attacks maybe take over some discover a malware discover a backdoor so when the updates are done the lawyer should keep in mind that he or she should update the program which is the software so that the, his documents his client document and his colleagues you know can be saved because the way this thing works is that you as a as a person if you're working in in an organization like this and one particular maybe computer is being compromised the whole system can crash because you all are using the same network so you just be very careful by whatever software you're using. Outside, uh, you if you're on a client's, you know, if you're doing something for a client, you should prevent from 
going to some sites, which is malicious as, as well. Okay, so that's from the little knowledge that I have. <laughs> so let's dive to the next question. So, yeah, how can artificial intelligence be used to enhance your research and analysis? Okay. So, first of all, there's a saying in our profession that a good lawyer is not the one that knows all laws, but the one that knows where to find the law. <laughs> so, I think one of the best ways technology has improved legal research is how fast it takes you to the law you need to find. It okay. saves time. Instead of going through loads and loads of hard copy books, you could just quickly impute what you're looking for and you're getting direct answers. In that scenario, you're saving time and the quality of your research is improved. So something you're supposed to pour over books for 10, 12 hours, you can do it on your system at any place. So you could be traveling, but you're working on your system. In that way, it's improving the quality of your research. You're bringing out, you'll be productive. It's yeah. aiding productivity, saving time, and it's also getting what you need to do done. I think in that way, it's able to help you improve the quality of your research. And I think with artificial intelligence, it gets even better because you're able to identify other things and analyze documents differently. It gives you a more in-depth analysis and can even help you go as far as predicting the outcome of legal cases from past precedents. Wow. So you can see how how important technology is. Yeah. Um, Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So you know, with all these things we have mentioned, there are risks that benefit and also in your opinion, what are the potential risks and benefits of using blockchain technology in the legal field? Okay. I think one of the potential benefits is its ability to store data. Okay. Storing data is something that is very important in our profession. It's, it's very important to have a stored copy of transactions, contracts, yeah. documents you're familiar with. I think it can also ensure transparency. You know, there are some situations where transparency is required and that's the situation I think blockchain can give you a good platform that can satisfy that need. Yeah, nice. Also, I think I think another benefit of blockchain is that it can almost, I'm going to use almost because there could be, yes, almost, I think almost is the best way to, to qualify what I'm about to say. It can almost guarantee the security of the data you stored on it. Yeah, true. So to some extent, it's a lot more dependable than other platforms then i think the risk the risk part of it should be regulatory risk 
Yeah. Yes, regulatory because regulatory and compliance is very important, especially in a country like Nigeria, where our government can wake up the next day and <laughs> say something that like is not is no longer permitted to be used. Yeah. yeah. So, a coach. Yeah, that's that's something to keep in mind, and also the security risk. Yes, you should also keep that in mind because. You, you cannot 100% guarantee the security of something, maybe 99.9, but then that leaves a 0.1% doubt, which is still doubt regardless. Yeah. And also data privacy. Yes, you also have to keep that in mind. So I think those are risks you should put in mind or keep in mind, bear in mind when you're using blockchain technology. Okay. That's that's that, that's good to know, and I'm, I've uh, added it to my own mind as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next question is, uh, how can I know you've already kind of touched this answer based on all your responses, but how can technology be used to streamline legal processes and increase efficiency? Okay. I'm going to use the example of registration of companies so you can see how it has been able to streamline legal processes. So in the past, if you were to register a company, you'd have to go to a physical corporate affairs commission office okay. and ask them for the needed documents. Then you now go home, fill those documents, find those documents, fill the necessary forms, come back and yeah. Imagine how tasking that would be and the bottlenecks you'd face because you can go there and the office is closed. But now they have a good and efficient website where every document you need is already listed on the website. It has streamlined the process in a way that you're no longer in doubt. You can use your phone and at any time check and realize, oh, this is the document I need. You can fill the form online. You can upload your documents there. And you just, when they approve your registration, you just print out your certificate of incorporation. So I'm using that scenario because that's a clear cut scenario of how it has streamlined legal processes. So instead of going to and fro, you have a channel. And if you have a complaint too, you can also lodge your complaint on that same platform. So imagine the stress it has saved both you the practitioner and your client you know what to ask your client for you can ask you know that oh my client needs seven documents to register a company so it's not something you have to travel to and fro you go and the staff there is telling you oh this is not what we needed we needed this everything is already on the website you just go there you pick it out you tell your client this is what we need and your client sends us to you and that's that so beyond just efficiency and productivity, it makes it easier yeah. for you, the user, and the legal practitioner as he's doing his job. So I think that's a good way or a good example of how technology can yeah. streamline legal processes and improve efficiency. Yeah. And also, I'm going to use another example of the high court here in FCT, okay. Abuja. You, 
no longer have to type an affidavit. They've made their affidavit process. Oh, really? It's now online. Yes, it's now online. So imagine the the time it saves everyone involved. Mm. Yes, so it's a very, it's a very welcome initiative. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay, so thank you for that. That's an uh, insightful answer. So the next question is, uh, how can legal professionals tell dates with the latest technological advancements in the industry? Okay. I think the, the first thing or the first step to staying up to date is having a mindset of learning and adaptability. So first, you have to bear in mind that things change. There are always better models or better versions of the technology that you're using now. And also be willing to adapt to the new one. Yeah. Then I think keeping close... Okay, I wouldn't say close, but engaging with tech communities and networks can also assist you or can also aid your your knowledge of new technologies and also attending tech conferences can help you there are some of these conferences that are held online free entry you can just pop in and hear what's going on and also stay up to date with technological news yeah i mean with social media our tips you can have information anytime you can just see a trending topic on on twitter like i heard about chat gpt on twitter yeah so these are things that you should open your mind to can help you collaborate with all you can also collaborate with tech startups because some of these startups are even your client so beyond just counseling them you can also engage and indulge them in their technology you can also try and see as a you can also put yourself in the shoes of a user yeah they are not just their 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 law you can also be a user of their technology too. i think that's a good way to stay up to date okay that's fine so i don't have anything to add to that i think you've already covered all the aspects so so the next question is uh how do you see technology continuing to shape the future of the legal industry? Okay. I see technology shaping our legal industry in two very broad aspects. Okay. I don't know if they are broad, but I know that they are very fundamental. So I'm going to start with virtual court hearing. So I think. I'm of the opinion that virtual court hearings should not just be something we reserve for special situations like COVID. It's something we should incorporate into our court processes. It should we should move our court processes to well I say analog, but it's I don't think every every court process should compose really the in person communication should beyond that. So I think, I believe that if we incorporated virtual court hearings as something that a judge can opt 
okay, today I don't think I'll be sitting in court today, but we can have a virtual court hearing for these matters. Yeah. It would it would help our profession, it would improve it and increase how we are able to administer justice. Also, I think in forensics, forensics and evidence matters, especially with murder trials and and other criminal related trials. If we're able to invite technology and make good use of technology, it will improve the quality of evidence given by forensic personnel in, in criminal trials. So I think it's, if, if technology is allowed, because I'm going to use allowed, because I think people, people are not liberal in their attitude towards technology and law. So if we adopted if, if we adopt a more liberal approach, technology would shape our legal industry into a very satisfying and service no, I'll use results oriented, quality results. Okay. Industry. Okay, that's cool. So I I'm like I've been listening to you and there's some keywords. I don't want to use grammar. <laughs> there's some keywords that are very yeah. like uh forensic. The little forensic idea I have is the one I used to see in movies. The FBI and and all that. So please help us break down, you know, the meaning of forensic so that we can understand better. Okay. I think forensics is basically applying science to solving problems. So you can have, I'm trying to get a, a clear scenario. Okay, let's use a mother trial, for example. Okay. The collection of evidence, I think, no. Yes, a mother trial, in the example. In the collection of evidence, you would need forensics at some point. Okay. In examining the mother weapon and examining the crime scene, that is a perfect example for forensic. You don't, you can't just guess. You need enlightening guesses from professionals. Okay. People that are familiar with situations like that, that's a good example of where scientific, scientific knowledge rather can be applied to solve an issue like that and get concrete evidence or in the absence of such concrete evidence, they can come to a conclusion that, well, they are unable to tie this person to this mother's thing because if he was here or if this mother weapon was used, he's unable to use. So let's say, for example, we're accusing a young boy of murdering someone with a gun, yeah. shooting someone with a gun. And yeah. from the analysis, this person is unable to use the gun. Oh, the gun, yes. Okay. Yes, so in this scenario, we can then say that there's no way the child can be tied to the mother weapon because obviously the child is too young. The child can carry the gun and all that. Hello, guys, and thank you so much for paying attention and listening to what Peace has to say. So for this particular question, I just needed to... Yeah, Peace, just uh, 
what advice will you give to law students, you know, students that are just coming into law? You know, we all know that law is a, is a study that requires them to read lots, read a lot of books. But apart from books, do you encourage them? Like, what kind of advice will you give them to look into technology and then try to uh, merge it with what they're studying? Okay. The legal profession is a very interesting one. But I think if you're open minded, be open minded. Don't just approach the profession with a closed minded or everything about law is investigation. No. Be open minded, be optimistic, also be original. As you're employing the use of technology, also make sure that it aligns with your personal brand or how your personal values also. So you're not just, you don't, it's not a situation where you have an assignment and you run straight to chat GPT. The original <laughs> research is now, is now very easy. Maximize it, make the most out of it. I think with that, you'd have a good a good footing in the profession. Just maximize the use of technology and be original. Yeah. Yeah, so to add to that as well, let me just chip in the little knowledge I have. So if you're using you know, law as we all know, law is a is a story that requires you to actually understand and know all these things. So when you like she said, when you rush to chat GPT to type in your <laughs> your questions and get all the answers it doesn't really unless you can use what you're getting from the ai and then learn and digest it before writing it up with your assignments your projects and all so make sure to yes exactly get the idea and digest it first then you can even take the little jot uh, the ai gives you and then analyze your own write your own stuff and then you know knock it all out so that's, that's from me. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So thank you so much, Peace, for, uh, you know, sketching out your time and coming up here to share your, your experience. I know you're kind of an upcoming, uh, lawyer that will obviously be smart. So thank you for pitching your little knowledge. I call it little, but it's not really little because what you've been able to tell is kind of, you know, the the proper thing that in upcoming lawyership that law students should understand. So thank you once again and do well to have a lovely night. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed my time here and I wish you a good day. So thank right. you. Hello guys, and thank you for listening to the Next Big Thing podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained some valuable insights into the world of technology and entrepreneurship. Be sure to tune in next time for more thought-provoking discussions with industry leaders and innovators. And if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a rating or review on your favorite platform. 
It's helped us reach more listeners and continue to bring you the latest insights and analysis to the next big thing in tech. Until next time, I'm your host, Godfrey Akman, signing off.